Hello and welcome to another episode of Between the Bites, weekly discussions on cybersecurity, IT, and business. My name is Derek. My name is James. James, how are we doing today? We are doing fantastic. It's 2024. It's a it's a whole new year. Yeah. It's like a whopping 18 degrees outside, so I'm glad I'm working remotely today. <laughs> no kidding. Love, yeah. Loving having a remote job. So today, what we're going to do is we've got a blog on Executech's website that still performs pretty well, but it was written back in 2017 and it's on optimizing your PC's performance. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through the 10 pointers that this article has and see if anything's changed with some of these call outs. Then James, you've put together some additions that we can we can throw in on top of what we've already got. Yeah. So uh, yeah, let's dive in. Number one on this article is deleting old programs that can take up space on the computer. Some of those things run in the background, whether you know it or not, whether you use it or not. What do you think? Absolutely. It's still high on the list of recommendations. Plus, there, when you buy a new computer, invariably it comes with a bunch of free software, which means somebody paid the manufacturer a little bit of money so they could put their software on the computer. So if everyone got a copy of their software to try to get them to use it and you know become a brand name. So there's all this, in the industry, we call it bloatware, all this bloatware on your computer that comes with a new one. So at the very least, go remove that stuff that you're never going to use. Remove the stuff from 2013. Maybe it's still installed on your computer if you've got it, right? Old copy of, 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 I've seen so many copies of Office 2013 installed out there. It's 10 years old, probably time for that thing to go. So yeah, it cleans up space. And also, I would even add to that, maybe it's already on your list, and I apologize if so, but many of those, as you mentioned, start up with the computer. So if your computer runs okay after a while, and after your computer, you turn it on, you got to wait a little bit for it before it starts going, then it works pretty well, then that's a pretty good indication you've got a lot of programs that are starting up at the beginning that you may or may not need. So definitely look through your startup programs. In Windows 11, for those on it, they made it pretty easy, both 10 and 11. If you right-click on the taskbar, and I think go to Task Manager, then there's a tab at the top called Startup. And from there, you should be able to see what's actually starting up every time your computer starts. And you can choose to disable things that maybe no longer apply or like, do we really need Steam or Adobe to run every time I start my computer? No, I'll start those when I'm ready to play a game or open a PDF. Yeah. And actually on Mac, because this is something I pay attention to, um, I believe there is a startup menu in the settings as well. Or what I had when I first got mine is you get a bunch of programs that start to to bounce like they do when they're loading and starting up. If you just right click right on the icon in the navigation bar, right, that it shows up in when the program opens, right click on that and then launch at startup is an option right on there that you can uncheck yeah. for Mac. Yeah, launch at startup on the Mac is a good place to look to see what's beginning. Good point. Yep. Thank you for sharing that. Number two, limit. Oh, yeah, actually. Yeah, number two, that actually does cover it. Limit programs that start up automatically. Some of the biggest offenders that I've seen, Spotify, that is like a default mm. for whatever reason. Yep. This calls out Skype, shows the again the, the date of this article <laughs> that was written. <laughs> well, and if you're a photographer, then you've probably got Creative Cloud loading that wants to load oh, in the yeah. background every single time you start a computer too. And then check for updates and then download the updates if there is one. And it does. It, it stays busy. <laughs> Stuff does not need to be run. <laughs> it's trying to be helpful, but it can also, yeah, it can definitely slow things down very quickly. Yes. Number three, clean and delete old files. Now, this one I was curious about because there's a plethora of PC cleaners and PC scrubbers and same goes for Mac cleaners and scrubbers. Yeah. They've always made me nervous. Good. One of the best ones that I had for, for years, but man, you got on their website 
you are convinced it's malware. Like there's no way that this is an actual, but it came from a handful of, it actually took more than one direct recommendation to get me to use it. I don't remember the name of it. It was a free tool okay. and it actually did okay. an exceptional job, but whoever designed their website and their interface, yeah, you did not feel comfortable using it. Um, so I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. The third grade UI didn't, didn't fill you with confidence. <laughs> yeah. Are there tools that you recommend that, that Executech has? For home users, one of the most well-known in the tech industry out there is called CCleaner, two capital C's and then Leaner afterward. It's smashed together as a CCleaner. Very effective tool. It used to have quite a bit of, it was kind of so powerful, it was scary because you could say, yeah, force uninstall that thing. And it would uninstall stuff that maybe other things were also using. That's the reason it didn't fully uninstall it. So it could get a little heavy handed. The newer versions have been a little softer about it, a little more kid glove style approach. We're going to make sure we don't break things when we do it unless you really, really try hard. So yeah, it's free for home users. There's a free version. There's a pay for version that runs in the background. So it tracks all the things that you install and you can easily uninstall. It looks for temp files no longer in use. Great tool. CCleaner, highly recommended. All right. And it is legitimate. And Piriform site used to look pretty chintzy. I don't know if it's the same site or not, but I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if it were. Typically for the business side, is this something like if you have an IT company working with you, like an Executech, is this something that is done by an IT company or an MSP, or is this something that is still requested on a by user basis? Yeah, I would say in, in general, I do not see this as a as a standard practice. Certainly, maybe cleaning up temp files and and you know that kind of thing. In general, most IT companies that I've seen will report that your hard drive is low, and it's up to you to decide whether or not, you know, what to do about it. Okay. Whether to increase the size of the space or remove some things. Generally, they don't go through and clean things up for you because it's Makes it's a sense. typically a, a personal you know, response. Like, oh, yeah, I don't need those pictures anymore, but those I do. Gotcha. Okay. Now, here we have number four, upgrade your RAM. Great one. Absolutely. And for the most basic of user at home, how? Yeah, <laughs> it's quite a process and I would not recommend it for the home user on the Mac because it requires removing the screen and, and all these yep. really crazy things. But that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> In general, it is it is a very, I will say laptops, probably not, but for desktops, for Macs, it's a pretty technical operation and probably I would only recommend it be done by a professional. Okay. The challenge we run into when trying to upgrade RAM is that the tech industry loves to use all this jargon that doesn't make sense to the average human being. So it's not like I can, and, and I hope one day they get there, right? Where we're going to say, oh, you need memory type three. Like, oh, hey, I need memory type three. Okay, here are your choices. No, we got PC 3200 with cast timing of seven and 12 and things that don't, like they're hard for tech people to understand. Like, wait, what are we talking about on this? So for the average user, yeah, I, I don't blame them. It's going to be feel pretty overwhelming. And yet, no, you cannot run out and buy memory. It's on the shelf right now and plug it into your existing PC from five years ago and think it'll work. It won't. Everything keeps upgrading and changing. There are not a whole lot of standards or the standard keeps changing if there is a standard. So it's kind of a, it's a chasing process. So there's not a way for me to go, here's an easy way to upgrade your RAM. I would say have a conversation with your local IT store, Best Buy, if you have nothing else. I don't normally recommend those folks because they're pricey, but that may be your only option a nephew or yeah. brother who's a tech nerd. Laptops are pretty easy. And most laptops have a screw with a panel, you pop it off and there's a space where you can put in memory and it's, and it's quite simple. I would still recommend a YouTube video if that's something you're going to do yourself. In general, so back to the memory thing. If you are sitting at four gigs of RAM or eight gigs of RAM, I'm going to put some numbers around this, then it would serve you to, to have an upgrade. At four, particularly, like four is 
it's going to be spending so much time trying to put things on the hard drive and swap back and forth. Your computer is going to run incredibly slow and an upgrade from four gigs of RAM will be a tremendous jump. You'll see a significant improvement in performance. At eight gigabytes, maybe, depending on what you're doing. If you're, if you're a photographer, when you're using you know, Adobe's Creative Suite, Photoshop, Lightroom, any of those, if you're using dozens and dozens of tabs across multiple browsers, things like that, if you're, if you're a heavy user, then 16 gigs of RAM could probably do you some good. For, in general, eight's probably sufficient. I would say moving forward, don't buy anything less than 16, yep. 16 at a, at a minimum. So to answer your question, probably find a professional in most cases, just because it's tr- tr- just trying to figure out what kind you need is sometimes difficult. Yeah, for photographers especially who use Photoshop, I don't remember the technical details, but there are some things in Photoshop that run simultaneously. It's actually one of the only things, and I think the video editor right, might right. also, yeah. but Photoshop especially will run a handful of processes at the same time. So as far as your computer's concerned, you're running two or three programs at the same time, even if you have everything closed and you're only using Photoshop. So that'll make a big difference if Photoshop is slow for you, which I know can get extremely annoying. Number five, get a solid state drive. Now, my question here is, do you still see uh, laptops (laughs) and stuff without a solid state drive? You can find them. It is not common and any large manufacturer no longer offers platter style hard drives. Mm-hmm. Solid state drives are still a thing and they are still fast enough that I can recommend them. We have moved to a new style of solid state drive called M2 drives, which look like a flash drive without the cover on them. Those are even faster now. So again, now we're back to the point where it's, this is going to be kind of difficult for someone to do on their own. Hard drives, you could probably figure out how to swap them out with a, with a YouTube video. Solid state drives, very similar. M2 drives, a little different. Sometimes they require you pop a, a heat sink off and you put them in a little thing and put a screw down and they're a little bit more complicated. And again, there are iterations of it. If you went out and bought one on the shelf right now, it probably would not work on your five or seven-year-old computer. So we do need to kind of tailor the, the needs of that one. However, if you happen to have a, a hard drive, if your <laughs> devices in device manager in Windows don't show solid state drive or SSD and show HD instead, it would absolutely be worth an upgrade and it would be a massive performance jump, but it is rare these days that we still have those. Yeah. Number six, I think is a, is a bit of a redundancy. It says run a cleaner tool. We covered that one. I agree. And Windows has a, a temp file cleanup tool. As with most tools built into Windows, it works. There are better ones out there, but it works. So feel free to use that. At least you've got something. Yep. Number seven, clear your browsing history and cookies. Yeah, if memory is a challenge or if you're low on disk space, that could be a thing that could speed things up. If you haven't done that in seven years, yeah, you might notice a difference. In general, it's going to be pretty minimal performance gain. But if we can add 2% 10 times, it's a pretty significant jump overall. So sure. Yeah. Clearing the cache and cookies, that's more of a, if your internet browser is is acting funny or if certain websites like Facebook or LinkedIn, social media platforms especially, aren't loading. Or tools, website tools, for example, the tool we're using right now to record these podcasts, those tools are very cache and cookie heavy. So if there are little bugs, as cliche as it sounds, and I'm sure you've heard it, everybody's heard it a few dozen times from some IT support somewhere as the first step, it's because it honestly makes a pretty big difference. So a lot of these more technical websites or heavier websites do have some pretty aggressive caching features, so that really can make a difference. I will caution you. I have seen some people go, 
oh, where's my list of sites? I used to just type in the first letter. And yeah, that's gone. Yep. So if you have a history, be careful what you're clearing and make sure that you have links to those things, bookmarks to those things before you, because if yes. yeah, your, your browsing history is gone at that point, let's be clear. Exactly. And you can, there is a check, at least on Google, there is a checkbox. Actually, I think the same goes for Microsoft Edge. When you're clearing your cache and cookies, It'll also give you the option to clear password data. So don't, yes. I guarantee you're probably not ready for that at that time. If, if you're just trying to make websites work more, I don't think you're, you're gearing up to delete all of your login information. So make sure that that is not checked. However, if you are using a password manager, and I would encourage point. you to check that box Absolutely. because it is no longer secure. We'll just yes. segue for a moment there. All right, back to topic. Sorry. Well, I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> it should be a goal of yours, but make sure you don't do it unintentionally, basically, before you're ready. Good call out. Good call out. <laughs> Number eight, check for viruses. Yeah, definitely do a security sweep out there. There used to be a, a plethora of free antivirus tools. There aren't so much anymore. Most of them have moved to a paid model. They realize the free model is not super attractive and can't perform the way the other ones do. Anyway, I think, I don't want to call it products necessarily, but Bitdefender, I know still has a free one out there. So at the very least, grab a free one and run a sweep on your, on your own products. Yes, Windows has Defender built in, and it has come a long way since the days when it was first installed and it was more pain than solution. I still feel like a paid product is a better path. I think this is where you should put your money. This really is the layer between the hackers and you. So I encourage spending some money, buying a real antivirus program, and then doing a full scan on your computer, seeing what comes back, and then addressing those, any concerns it comes up with. Yep, absolutely. Number nine, I think is a big one that gets missed quite a bit, is keep it cool. Keep it cool. I love this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't mean you, just so we're clear here. <laughs> Although having, having a, a cool approach to IT is helpful when you call your support people, just for the record. That's very true. But uh, <laughs> keeping a calm head is always better. Uh, yeah, I, I've been, I opened up a computer once and there was like, I don't know, three or four inches of dust in there. And the reason I'd opened it up, someone brought it to me and said, it's running really slow. I ran into their, like an organization called me up once and they're like, our server keeps crashing five times a day. And I went there in a very similar scenario. It was locked in a closet with no ventilation. <laughs> so it was just overheating, 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 and then it would crash because it got too hot and then it would reboot, come back up, anyway, continue. So cooling is super important. Our machines collect dust and dirt and hair like you'd never believe. Please, please, at least annually get in there and blow the thing out. They sell cans of compressed air or some vacuums offer it. Everyone's got an air compressor, whatever you want to use. But yeah, knock that gunk out. There you go. Exactly. You got a nice tool for it. That's awesome. I saw one of these that sits on the Executech shelf. Or, yeah, bench. Yeah. And I saw it. And for whatever reason, I don't know if anybody else is like this, but compressed air is always on my shopping list. And I don't think I've remembered it once ever. <laughs> <laughs> so what is that? So what I have is it's a little USB charged blower. Nice. It's as simple as that. Effective? On Amazon, they're, they're actually pretty cheap. There's a bunch of them. Makes a huge difference, especially for any of you who use the Xbox. Those fans work in overtime. And if I do it every week, my kids get a trip out of it because you can just see how much dust comes out of those things. Wow. Because for as affordable as those Xboxes are, they run pretty hot and they those fans get going. So They're tiny little fans too. So. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, so we've all seen the dust that gathers on the ceiling fans. The exact same thing happens on all the fans inside your computer. So yeah, make sure you blow those out. Plus it's on the floor typically, so it's even yes, worse. Exactly. So. so and then make sure it's on a hard surface. Cause yeah, if you work from home and you're sitting and your computer spends all day on the pillow or something next to you, if you're on the couch. Sucking up all those fibers. Yes, dust. it's gonna get really hot really fast. So yeah, yeah, keep it cool is a good one. Yeah. And just one last tip on that. So the reason this is super important is not just to keep it clean, but if a computer gets too hot, it will automatically throttle itself back down, particularly laptops. They're designed to do this. They're designed to throttle the processing power down so that it doesn't overheat, so it doesn't burn itself out. So you could be literally having your computer run slower because it's trying to keep itself cooler. Absolutely. And then the last one on this list, number 10, don't forget to shut down. Yeah, periodically, please shut it down, reboot it. It, not often in my career, but at least once, I, I remember not too long ago, I had a, a guy tell me that his network card was no longer working. He could not use the internet. He said, I tried to restart. It didn't work. And I'm like, you know, just for grins, let's try a full shutdown. Let's do an actual, like power it all the way down, power it back up. And that resolved the problem, despite multiple reboots not solving the problem. So there are absolutely cases when a hardware firmware thing can jam up and a full power clearing can reset things. It's a good practice because sometimes our Windows updates will not get applied until we do a restart. So yeah, if you see updates, number one, please go ahead and restart if it's prompting you to. And then I would say at least weekly, restart your computer to keep it nice and efficient and up to speed. Yeah. Yep. So that's it for this list. Very basic. And again, from 2017, <laughs> pretty old one. Still pretty relevant. Yeah. No, I think a lot of it uh, aged quite well, actually. Yeah. Let's get into what else you've got for us. Sure. And not much addition, but a couple of things to consider. And maybe this isn't the article, but I have run into cases where there may be times when like there's nothing else you can do. And if you really do want to have a fast computer, it may be time to bite the bullet. No offense to retired people. I intend to be one <laughs> one day, but there's something that happens when you retire with time that goes by, it seems to go by much faster than you anticipate. And so I get calls from people saying, yeah, I just bought this computer. It's running really slow. And I look and I go, well, sir, that computer is actually 10 years old or seven years old or something like this, you know? And they're like, what? Well, it just seemed like it was just yesterday or last year. So so do check, right? I, I have the same challenge. My wife this year, I told her, hey, it's time to upgrade the computer again. It's been a couple of years. And I checked and it had been four years. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize it had been that long since I upgraded my computer. Okay, it's time for an upgrade. So five years, it's probably start, time to start considering it. At seven years, you're probably long overdue. Now, that doesn't mean you can't keep it going and it may still run. But if you really want to have a decently responding computer that can run the latest software and games out there, probably tend to bite the bullet at seven years. So a couple other tips, if I may. One is whenever we're messing with any of this stuff, running tools that are going to clean up our computer, deleting things, installing hardware, and we talked about a little bit, but let's please, please, please make sure you have backups of your computer. The important things, your photos, your Word and Excel documents, whatever it is that you have on your computer that's important, please back it up. Not particularly, don't care what you use. There are cloud products out there. There's local products out there. There's a couple of names out there. Let's see, Backblaze. It's like five bucks a month. That's what I use at home for my personal use. A-O-M-E-I, I think it's called. It has a backupper. It's a product they use. It's a free tool. You can back up to a hard drive or a flash drive or something like that. R drive, image. So plenty of free tools out there that you can use to back up computer. Please back up before you start doing anything too serious. Yep. A couple other tips. The old tip used to be, if you're old school computer user, you may remember the days when we used to defrag our computer. Like, oh, we can clean it up. Well, we'll make it run faster by defragging our hard drive. 
please don't do that. First of all, if it's a, if you have an actual hard drive, your computer was doing that automatically for you. Secondly, solid state drives do not need that, and they will cause damage to them. So please don't don't do defrags anymore. That is good. No. <laughs> Let's say some extreme worst case scenarios. So we talked about replacing memory, you know, replacing solid state drives. You could actually, if it's a desktop computer, you could put a new video card in it. Now I say new, again, we have this challenge where old hardware may not support new peripherals like a new graphics card. So again, you may need to consult with someone who understands the interfaces well enough. But if you're looking to do gaming, that's something I do. So in between my full computer upgrades, every couple of years, I'll buy a new video card. So that way I'm using a newer video card. I can still run the latest games and I don't have to upgrade my entire computer. It's a way to keep relevant, my hardware relevant. And then lately I've seen a pretty big jump in this cloud computing environment. So, you know, Xbox and PlayStation have been doing it forever, but we're now seeing it for the PC as well, where all you kind of need is a computer well enough to get on the internet and a fast enough internet. It does require some good internet. But if you have good internet and an older computer and you want a game, look at cloud-based gaming. NVIDIA, Xbox, Sony, Amazon, there's a whole bunch of options out there that allow you to run games. They're running on someone else's server. And you're just getting the screen data sent to your machine and your control buttons are being sent to the server. But if your internet's fast enough, you don't notice that delay. So it's as if you're playing on someone else's hardware. I even saw one product called Shadow. And Shadow was like 20 bucks a month. You could get a gaming computer. So for 20 bucks a month, you get an, a cloud-based gaming computer with like 28 gigs of RAM on it and uh, the equivalent of a 3060 video card. Oh, wow. So you could go install the games and stuff and play it remotely as if it were your computer. So cloud computing is becoming such a reality that now there are now options we can explore with fast internet anyway to not have to upgrade our computers. Yep, I agree. And then the other call out that I have to add to this is, and this is where keeping a level head and, and staying calm as hard as that can be with tech problems, is look at it and first decide, is it your computer as a whole or is it a specific program that's running poorly? So I had a recent problem with Adobe Premiere Pro where editing a video and every time I hit play, it would play on like 7x speed for just a few seconds. But when you're <laughs> trying to cut like ums and things out of that, out of the audio, that it made it next to impossible. So I yeah. worked a bunch with the IT here at Executech, like why well, I could not figure out what's going on. And we checked video cards and, and all those kinds of things to see what was running. And we scrubbed and scrubbed and power to them. Those guys helped me so much. And we went through their whole troubleshooting list. Wow. Not a single thing fixed it. So I dove into Adobe forums, which are surprisingly helpful. I've always been, every time I hear forums, I just get really tense already because <laughs> sometimes they're not great. Adobe's aren't terrible, but it is a lot to comb through. And it was, I was using headphones. And when you plug in your headphones, you get a little pop-up bar that says, do you want to use these headphones or do you want to keep to the computer's default? Right. And if I unchecked that so that it stuck with the computer's default, the problem was fixed. Wow. So it was a bug. It makes absolutely no sense. It was just a bug. But yeah, yeah you want to make sure that it's not a specific application. And like we talked about, if it's an application that's buggy or slow and it's running on startup, then yeah, it can give the illusion that your whole computer is just is just junky and, and running like crap. So make sure you you take a little time on your own or even with with IT support. And if you explain that issue to them, they might come to that conclusion that it's actually a specific application versus the computer as a whole. Yeah. And one last tip. I know in Windows, there is a reset option that you can use. And this can be pretty heavy handed. But, you know, at worst case scenario, you're like, I want to start all over. I just want to start from scratch. That's an option. 
And it gives you two choices. Do you want to keep your files or not? Now, in either case, whichever you choose, all of your applications are gone. So keep in mind, you need to have license keys for everything that you had installed because you're going to need to reinstall them all. Office, all of it. And including Windows itself, in some cases, if you're going to reinstall them in Windows operating system, you're going to need the Windows key. So just make sure you have license keys for all the applications and then maybe consider doing a full reset. I have done that myself periodically just to kind of wipe and start over. If you've never done that, you're probably long overdue for it. Oh, yeah. The factory reset, it does. It it is a heavy-handed approach, but it can be very effective in clearing some of the junk out. Yeah. All right. That's all my list, man. I love it. I think we've got a pretty comprehensive list on ways to speed that computer of yours back up. Maybe next on the future episode, we'll do what to look for in purchasing a new one in case these speed up tips didn't work. That's a good one. I still had to reach out to you when I had questions because yeah, yeah, everything has changed. And then, yeah, if you're looking for specific graphics or audio or anything like that, then it gets really complex, almost like they're trying to mess with you. And you can spend a lot of money too, really easily, (laughs) (laughs) really quickly. All right. Well, we'll call this episode a wrap. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. Thank you, James, for joining me. Always a pleasure. We will catch everybody on the next one. Be safe out there, folks. Take care. See you.